Hey, you guys, welcome back to another episode of Have You Not Heard? I am your host, Angel H. Davis, and today I'm super excited because we have part two with Leslie Barron. If you guys remember, we Leslie was on the podcast not long ago, and we talked about obedience as a spiritual fitness discipline, and she and I both just felt like I think we have more to discuss, and I think God wants to share more about that. Leslie, thanks so much for being here again on the podcast. You talked about obedience being about the heart, that it's a heart matter. So let's unpack that a little bit more. Just talk about, you know, different things around that so we understand what that means. Um, well, what we talked about is that God, God wants our hearts, our faith is a relational faith. We are in relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ, with the person of Jesus Christ. And we, on our last talk, we talked about um, mm -hmm. the, the right. prodigal sons. I called it the prodigal sons. And the, the one son who was overtly disobedient, wanted what he wanted, took what he wanted. And the other son who was really trying to get what he wanted, but he did it by following all the rules. Neither of the sons wanted the blessings of the father mm -hmm. because of their love for the father. And um, the father continuously poured out his love for both sons. So we talked about that we obey God because we love him and we trust him. And um, that is what is our motivation for, for doing for doing what he says to do because he tells us all through his word that um, when we obey his commands, we will get life. We will have blessings. Um, lately I've been thinking about what happens to us when I, as thinking about obedience. I've been thinking, okay, let me just think about this. Let me think about what happens to us when we actually put our faith in Christ. When we, we make that proclamation that we believe that he went to the cross and that he paid the penalty for all of our sins, the ones we've already committed and the ones we will commit, and that he was that lamb of God, that sacrificial lamb of God, and he paid the penalty for our sins so that we could live. And... Um, I started thinking, how does, what happens when we do that, when we put our faith in that, and how does that impact our obedience? Mm. How does that, how does it work? And that, at that moment, when we put our faith in Jesus, um, something happens that's a, a big Bible word, and mm -hmm. that word is justification. And what really happens is Jesus, who was not sinful at all, literally became sin for us. He took all our sin and he became sin and he paid the penalty on the cross for our sin. At the same time, we who are all sinful, Bible says we're all sinful. Not one of us is, is pure and holy. We're all sinful. We mm -hmm. who are sinful, we became holy because he took our sin. It's, and this is the way I remember justification is mm. just as if I'd never sinned. 
just, we become justified. Um, so a divine transaction occurs. And then from there, the rest of our lives in relationship with Jesus, while we're on this planet, we, ex- we are going through a process. And that process is called sanctification. We are being made holy. We are becoming more and more like Jesus. And I promise I'm getting to obedience in this. So sanctification is a two-part deal. Like the justification, that's all God's doing. We cannot do anything to, to be justified. Jesus does it all. He did it all on the cross. And at the end of the cross, he said, it is finished. The work was done. We cannot justify ourselves in any way. He does it all. But sanctification is a two-part deal. We are sanctified by the Holy Spirit. He works in us, sanctifying us. And we are sanctified as we work with him in obedience. As we walk along with him and as he points out areas of our lives where we could be more obedient, as we walk in that, in agreement with that Holy Spirit, we become throughout our lives more and more like Jesus. And um, the scriptures tell us that when we see him face to face, we'll be like him. Like once we die, we will be sanctified. So I just, I, I, it's another way of thinking about obedience, that obedience is part of the process of becoming. Ooh, Jiminy, like this Christ. is so good, Leslie. And you just really unpack those big theological terms in a really uh, simple way, but simply profound. So thank you for that. Um, and so I'm thinking of as, you know, this two part deal of sanctification as we walk with him and work with him in obedience, that is our part. So that leads me to, we talked about, you know, the power of scripture and the word and what I see a lot. And I know in my life, this Mm -hmm. happened. I used to filter scripture through my own feelings and through the culture. And I didn't even realize I was doing that, but it's like, I looked at it uh, backwards. I looked at it from my feelings and the culture and then looked at the word versus looking at the word and then looking at my feelings and culture through the lens of the word. And I think a lot of that's going on now. What do you, tell me what you think about that. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I, so I started thinking about, so once we, once we've made this, Mm -hmm. we've had this Mm -hmm. rebirth, we've become a new creation. Um, we have Mm. a, we have a new identity and our identity is, is now as a Christ follower, our identity Mm -hmm. is found in him and all through his word, he identifies in him as different, as different metaphors or different things. One of the ways he identifies Mm -hmm. us is he calls us his sheep all all through the scriptures. He calls us his sheep and um, he calls himself our shepherd. 
So if we're his sheep and he's our shepherd, that means Mm. he owns us. We belong to him. His job is to protect us, to care for us, to nourish us, to love us, to direct our steps, to, to tell us where to go, how to go. And our job is to stay super close to the shepherd, to, to do what the shepherd says. Another way uh-huh. of saying that would be obedience, right? Well, well, sheep are stupid and they're not very obedient. And so the shepherd's job is constantly taking his little uh, shepherd's crook and bringing us back, getting us back to where we were supposed to walk, staying together. Um, now, you're like, I asked about culture. Well, I just started thinking, what, what if the sheep decided that they didn't want to do what the shepherd said, that they, they wanted to act like mm-hmm. the world around them. What if they decided, no, we don't really want to be sh- act like sheep anymore. We don't, we don't want to do mm-hmm. what the shepherd says. We want to act like birds or we want to act like a fish. Well, well, sheep can't fly and sheep can't swim. So if they tried attempt either of those, it would be. And what if they decided, well, I'm going to be like the wolf. Well, they would be alive. So, so what if the sheep decided that they didn't really want to live according to the plan of the shepherd or in the, the setup, the, the place that the shepherd had for them to live? They want to live like the world around them. Let's call it the culture around them. And they decided, I'd rather be, I, I want to live like the birds that I see. I want to live like the fish that I see when I drink water. I want to live like the wolves around me. Well, they can't fly. They can't swim. So that would be terrible. If they tried to live with the wolves, they would be eaten alive. Um, the sheep need to live in the culture. They li- need, lead, need to live in the world they live in according to the guidelines, the plans, the directions, and the care mm. of their shepherd. Trying to live any other way, they would not Mm. thrive. They would not have abundant life. They would Mm. suffer. So that's one way to think about it. Another way to think about it is he calls us his family. He calls us his body on earth. He even calls us Mm. his bride. Um, all together followers of Christ, the, is the church, the church universal. The church is part of the kingdom of God. The church is not the kingdom of God. It's part of the kingdom of God. And Jesus says that once we believe in him, the kingdom of God is with us, is within us. And the king of the kingdom of God is the king of kings himself. That means he's our sovereign. We understand that he is ruler of all. So our obedience, and it's hard for us to understand this, this thinking because we don't really, we don't really have kingdoms as much anymore, particularly Mm -hmm. in America. Um, But in a kingdom, a kingdom is king centered. Mm -hmm. Everyone lives for the king. The king is sovereign. Our culture that we live in 
is not God centered. Mm-hmm. It's man centered. Mm-hmm. And so we definitely can't read the scriptures through the lens of our culture because our culture <laughs> is not mm-hmm. centered on God. Mm-hmm. Our culture is centered on man. Um, humanistic thinking is, is the culture we live in. So we live in this world like the sheep live among the birds and the fish and the wolves, but they aren't birds, fish, and wolves. And we live on this planet, but we are God's church, his body. We are part of his kingdom on this earth. And so our thinking is going to be different. And the scripture is God's word to us. It's his direction to us. It's how he's communicating with us. And um, we don't, we cannot, we cannot read it through the filter Mm -hmm. of the culture. Does that make make sense? Total sense. sense. So good. I mean, so good. And the same would be said for our feelings because they're human centered. Also, not that they don't, you know, matter, not that they don't, count, but we don't put those on the throne above the king, correct? Right, right, right. And, um, you know, there's, there's a lot of people that want to say that if we, um, if we do what God says and, um, we obey him all the time and we walk right with him where everything's going to be hunky dory. I mean, I just said, we're going to have abundant life and we will, but it may not always be easy or comfortable. And sometimes, you know, sometimes I can think this is so uncomfortable. I can't believe, am I, did I get this right? Am I really obeying God? Cause this doesn't feel comfortable. And, um, comfort is not a, not really a litmus test for, am I really obeying right. God? Cause mm-hmm. clearly Jesus wasn't clearly such a good word. And in our culture and our prosperity gospel, you know, that has been preached, not by all churches, but but by some, you know, it's like, you're always supposed to feel good if you're following Christ and so not true. And I've seen people fall away from faith because of that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And what strikes me about what you were saying about our new identity also in the prodigal son's story is both of them did not know who they were. In, in Christ, right. they both had an identity issue. Um, so we've got mm-hmm. to get that straight in order. And so I love that's how you went through the justification, then sanctification, and how that weaves into obedience. That is so awesome. And, you know, you're talking about the, his word, and, and his word is how we know how to be obedient. But Again, and I'm seeing this even more, and it's probably it's probably always happened, but because of social media, we see it more, right? Um, is that mm-hmm. many Christians disagree about the word and how to interpret it? And actually, there's a lot of deconstruction going on, a lot of progressive Christianity. So, how do we reconcile that? And let's talk about that for a little bit. Um, well, so. A couple of things. First of all, um, I just want to say very simple. Mm-hmm. Truth is truth. <laughs> Whether we believe something is true or not doesn't change the fact that it's true. Mm-hmm. So I believe that all scripture is God breathed 
and it's profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, for training in righteousness. Mm -hmm. That's from, from Timothy. Um, so I believe that the scripture is truth. And I believe that to interpret scripture, you, you really have to kind of learn how to do mm -hmm. that. And um, when, if you're just sitting with your Bible and you're trying to read your Bible and trying to understand what it's saying, um, just very simply, you can first, you have to first read and observe what does it say. So you just read and you're reading a passage and you just make observations. Oh, this is, these are the characters in this story. This is what happens in this story. This is who's talking in the story. You just observe it. So you have to observe first. Then once you've observed it and understand what does it say, then you can ask yourself, what does it mean? And that would be interpretation. I think a, a mistake some people make is that they try to interpret different passages of scripture all by themselves. And I think it's super important to remember that scripture is one big book mm -hmm. and it's all about God. And it's about Jesus Christ coming to redeem. We talked a little bit about this last time. But he, it's all the story of him redeeming his people. Mm -hmm. we, it starts in the garden and it ends in a garden and all in the middle slap dab in the middle is when Jesus Christ comes to earth and redeems us. Mm -hmm. um, it, you can't interpret scripture if you don't keep it in that big context of the whole Bible and then different little passages you have to keep in the context of the book that they're written, the time period they were written, what type of literature it is. And once you can observe it and then say, what does it say? Then what does it mean? Then you can say, how do, how does this impact my life? Mm. So inaccurate interpretation of the scriptures can happen when people forget that it's this one big mm -hmm. book this one big story about God and they take things out of the context of the whole big story. Maybe they take it out of context of the, the book or the letter or the mm -hmm. poem within the big mm -hmm. story. They forget the historical context of who it was written to at the time. This is a, this is a great little tidbit. Nothing can mean something to us that it wouldn't have meant to the original Ooh. audience. Scripture is not going to change over time. It is, it's true. Truth doesn't change over time. So if it didn't mean something to them back then, it won't mean something to us. It can't mean something to us now. Now, that doesn't mean we can't apply it to our modern day circumstances, but I'm just saying we can't change the meaning. Mm -hmm. Boy, that's good. And then I think about even if the context is different back then, like uh, don't cut your hair or women must wear X, Y, and Z. We don't throw out the message because the context is different today. Okay. Exactly. Exactly well, right. Exactly right. Like. Uh, for example, long, loose mm -hmm. hair, 
was a super sexy mm-hmm. thing. Right. So that, so that was basically like, I mean, I might say like, don't dress like a floozy in church and cause your brothers to there stumble. It is that is the idea is the truth behind the cover up mm-hmm. your hair like be be thoughtful of your brothers mm-hmm. in church mm-hmm. you have to take in the whole context of mm-hmm. those things um so i think when we are talking with our brothers and sisters in christ and we're disagreeing about what we think that the bible says we one need to really pray um, and we need to ask questions instead of just say, I don't agree. I don't agree with you. I don't, you know, how did you come mm-hmm. to that? Where, where did you, what, what were you thinking about? And, and ask the Holy spirit to guide our conversation. Mm-hmm. He wrote the book, ask him to show us where, where did we get a, where did we go astray here? At what context did we miss? What, how did we want to, maybe one of us missed mm-hmm. this interpretation. The, the other thing it's important to remember is there are some things in scripture that are really black and white, like not, it's not, not questionable. There are some areas of scripture that are, mm-hmm. that are gray. And um, sometimes it, the Lord might say, you know, for you, Leslie, this is, this is sin for you. This is not, I need you to obey me here because this is better for you. Whereas for Angel, this isn't something she really has to obey me in. It's not, he's mm-hmm. an individual God. It's a, where you and I talked a little bit about, do we obey as a group or do we obey as an individuals? And as I've really prayed about that, I think we mm. obey as individuals. That's good. And yeah, because he knows the human heart. We are talking about the heart. He knows what it needs to be purified in us. And so unless it's a major issue, like Jesus died on the cross, he's the son of God. He was resurrected after three days, right? Right. The same major and the majors and minor and the minors. So we don't, Mm -hmm. we Mm -hmm. ask questions. Mm -hmm. How did you get to that understanding? What does that mean to you? You know, so we become curious with our brothers and sisters that might think differently. And then remember to not get into a battle that's not uh, not God's battle, right? It's, it's almost that subtle temptation from the enemy to divide us instead of keep us united. Yes. Which is why Jesus prayed for our unity almost more than anything else. He, he does not want us divided. He wants us to be unified and, um, the enemy is not clever. He over and over and over Mm -hmm. wants to divide us. And he also wants to tell us what God told Mm -hmm. you is not really true. (laughs) He's keeping something good from you. Go eat the fruit because it That's surely right. Won't and kill such you. a good point, Leslie, that the word of God helps us discern God's voice versus Satan's voice versus our own voice, which can get very confusing sometimes. But Satan is not creative, so he uses the same old tactics that started in the Garden of Eden and continues to try to do that to us, correct? Correct. I mean it. He, he has, he has no creativity Mm -hmm. at all. And, um, you know, don't, let's just don't give him a lot of credit for anything because he's, 
the scripture tells us the one in us is mm-hmm. way more powerful mm-hmm. than he is. So he'll de- he'll destroy him with a breath at the end of everything. Just he'll just puff him away. So he's not. Let's just don't give him. Much I credit love at all. that. I love that, and it brings me back to thinking of the culture and all the negativity, and and what we're doing is elevating the evil that we're elevating what's wrong instead of elevating the solution and what's right. And if we as Christians can start doing that, then perhaps we really can partner with God to change our world. That's right. And, you know, one of the, one of the Bible scholars came up to Jesus and was like, tell me, tell me the most important commandment. And Jesus said, love the Lord, your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And love your neighbor as yourself. And everything else mm. hangs on this. And that's sort of my, the last part, sort of my mm-hmm. paraphrase. But basically that's what he said. And so I think what a great mm-hmm. starting place, right? Like, okay, if I want to grow in obedience, if I want to do my part on this sanctification trail, <laughs> I'm going to start right there. I'm going to. Ask myself, how can I love God mm-hmm. more today? How can I love him with my mind, with my heart, with my soul? The thing that I, how can I love him more than anything else? How can I love you more today, God? Oh, well, I'm going to read your word. I'm going to spend time with you. That's how I love my Charlie. Mm-hmm. I spend time with him. I, you know, eat a meal with him, share time with him, listen mm-hmm. to him, am available to him. Same mm. thing with the Lord. And then after spending time with God and ask him, how do you want me to love my mm-hmm. neighbor as myself? That's our role in this culture. We're, we're on the planet to bring glory to, to our heavenly mm. father and to, to show the world who he is that the kingdom of God might grow. Mm-hmm. And we do that by love. We don't do that by winning mm, arguments. Boom. That's a mic drop right there. I tell you what, it <laughs> is such wisdom and we need this, Lord Jesus. Oh my gosh. Leslie, thank you for that. And so you mentioned the Holy Spirit in, you know, uh, interpreting scripture for us and, and even in, you know, working through relationships. So is there any other factor regarding the Holy Spirit in this walk of obedience that you want to talk about? Uh, Well, the scriptures tell us that um, the Holy Spirit is our counselor Mm -hmm. and our guide. And I talked about that shepherd. You know, you think about the shepherd, you know, an Eastern shepherd, we think about like Mm -hmm. herding cattle because we're American, but, but the, Eastern shepherd, he walked and his sheep Mm. followed him. And so we follow the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is our guide. He's Mm -hmm. our leader. He's our counselor. And um, when you're reading the scripture, you say, would you, would you be my teacher as I read your word? When you're praying, um, would you, would you mm-hmm. counsel me? Would you, sometimes I'll have these thoughts and I'll be like, where did that come from? And then I'm like, Oh, it was mm-hmm. the Holy spirit. Like, like that was, that was too good of thinking for, for Leslie Barron. That was, that was mm-hmm. the Holy spirit. So the Holy spirit is really 
the moment that the moment that we put our faith in Jesus, when we became justified, he moved mm. in. We he lives in us. People like to talk about being the temple of the Holy Spirit because you know they talk about that with their diet or mm-hmm. what they eat or exercising. But but the cool thing is that's mm. where he lives. The God of the universe lives inside of me. And so because of that, there is mm. power. I sin no longer has power over me. Any power sin has, I have Woo. given it. Because the Holy Spirit is in me and is powerful enough for me to say, wow. No. In Timothy, it says that he's given us a spirit, not of timidity, but of power and Mm -hmm. love. So if I want to obey, I say, Holy Spirit, help Mm -hmm. me obey. If I want to love you, I say, Holy Spirit, help me love Mm -hmm. angel. If I want to love God, Holy Spirit, help me love God. It's like of the, the power that raised people from the dead and parted the Red Sea that raised Jesus Christ from the dead lives with same spirit jesus says that in john somewhere Mm -hmm. you probably know um Mm -hmm. and that makes me think of supernatural it truly does supersede our natural abilities right so supernatural is not some freaky thing it's just that holy spirit in us truly can overcome our natural self our natural sin our natural way of being yeah wow like if you, if you have a propensity to be mm-hmm. argumentative and, and scripture, the scripture tells us, you know, don't mm-hmm. be argumentative. So argumentative is not, can be kind mm-hmm. of sinful, right? Can be sinful. Let's just say it is sinful. So you have a propensity to that. That's your kind of your nature, your human nature. Well, you don't have to just settle for that because in Christ, you are a new creation the Holy Spirit lives within you. You And when he points out to you, you know, this argumentative thing, I'd like to work on this as we sanctify you. I'd like to work on this as we live this life on the planet. We're going we're gonna to start focusing on your argumentative spirit. You ask the Holy Spirit, naturally, I know I'm argumentative. Holy Spirit, would you? Would you begin to change me? Would you begin to show me? Would you begin to help me see the moments when I'm argumentative? You, we're not merely human mm-hmm. anymore. We are living, breathing children mm-hmm. of God, empowered by the Holy Spirit. So good. And then that makes me go circle back to your abundant life. This is abundant life. When God can Mm. overcome our hearts, Holy Spirit can transform our natural knee jerk, you know, sinful nature. This is where abundant life comes in because as a psychology major and a counselor, I can tell you that, you know, when you become, let's just use your example of argumentative, you become less argumentative in your relationships. Your relationships are going to get so much better. You're going to start Mm -hmm. getting out of life what you've probably yearned for and been trying to fight for, but because it hasn't been God's way, it, it, it is thwarted. You don't, you don't end up getting that. Mm -hmm. So this is the kind of, I love that we're landing on this really concrete example because this is what it's about where rubber meets the road. You know, we want 
other people to change. We want God to zap ourselves or somebody else. But it's about the slow trickle of our hearts and a heart transformation that brings the abundant life. <laughs> All right. Well, Leslie, man, <laughs> I could go on and I've already got started a couple of things that we might need to keep having more podcasts on. <laughs> but thank you. This is just rich, deep food for the soul. It is life changing. And I am so, so grateful. And you have such a gift of breaking it down to where it becomes understandable. So thank you for using your gift so well for the body of Christ. <laughs> love to just leave one scripture with you from um, Phil- from Philippians, the first chapter. And it, it's just that um, God promises he who began a good work on in you will bring it to completion. Mm. So we can we can put our faith and our trust in him that he will do the good work in us. He will um, he will do what he wants to do in us and through us and we can trust him. Oh, wow. So good. What a great ending. And again, thank you for sharing your gifting, your wisdom and your passion with us for Jesus, for the word of God. And we are so blessed by it. Do you mind closing us up in prayer? I would love to. I would love to. Lord, um, just thank you for conversation with a sister in Christ. And thank you for technology that lets other people listen in. We pray, Jesus, that the words of our mouths and the meditations of our hearts would be acceptable in your sight, Lord Jesus. Amen. Amen. Wow, so many nuggets of wisdom. I know you're going to go back and listen to this over and over again, as I have. It's one of the benefits of editing is that I get to listen to the podcast over and over. And this one, I just kept getting edified in my spirit and learning truths more deeply. So I pray you do the same. You dig into the scriptures Leslie talked about. You follow the steps of reading scripture, interpreting it correctly, and then go have honest conversations with people you love or you don't even know that well, maybe. I think I'm going to have in the future more podcasts about having those honest conversations because it is a path of healing for our families, for our nation. And again, my motto, (laughs) and I believe it's truth, is that God changes the world one person at a time. And that begins with us. So be encouraged, have hope, and practice the small things you can do. Praying, reading scripture, talking with loved ones, having honest conversations. This all makes a huge impact. Um, And we may not see it directly or quickly, but God's truth never changes. So hang in there, be encouraged, have a great week. Next week, we got a fascinating conversation with an amazing businesswoman, woman of God, who has combined spiritual fitness and physical fitness. You don't want to miss it. Thank you.